welcome everyone to the podcast Corporate Venturing of PwC. Uh, today is a very exciting episode. We have two amazing guests. Uh, we have Bart Hoben from 9.5 Ventures. And also joining us is Bernard Hauser, the CEO of Haylock. Um, I'll leave it up to you guys to do a quick introduction on yourself. So maybe Bart, you want to start? Sure. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, yes, I'm uh, one of the partners at uh, 9.5. Uh, we are a VC fund investing in uh, corporate-backed ventures, uh, of which uh, Haylock is one of them. Yes, Bernard, what about yourself? Can you give us a short intro? Absolutely. First of all, thanks for having me as well. Uh, my name is Bernhard Hauser. I'm the CEO of Haylog. And at Haylog, we use popular messaging networks such as WhatsApp or Facebook Messenger for efficient communication with drivers within the logistics industry. Great. Um, yeah, and as Bart uh, mentioned, uh, 9.5 invests in corporate-backed ventures. So uh, can you tell us a bit more about Haylog came to life? as uh, there must be a corporate link story there. Yes, absolutely. So Haylock itself is a rather young company. So we got started earlier this year with two strategic and financial investors on board. On one side, we have Cubic X, which is the uh, innovation subsidiary of Schmidt's Cargo Ball, the European market leader for truck trailers. And on the other side, we have 9.5 Ventures uh, based in Antwerp in Belgium. And the process for spinning off Haylock actually started a little earlier than this year. Within Cubic X, the uh, corporate partner in the setup, the idea was already existent for up to a year now. And they themselves really tried to understand on how they can deliver a product which fulfills on the promise of efficient communication with drivers. But so it turns out that um, here and there, there were a few test runs. But after all, it needed a different setup, which would also involve external partners to really kickstart the innovation and the birth of Haylock. So I myself got involved earlier this year, around January, when I got tasked as a freelancer at that time to understand the product perspective of Haylock, as well as help shaping the business case. And ever since we closely worked together, all parties involved, up until the point we decided that Haylock should indeed become its very own company. And um, yeah, with that, we actually started working on building the team. Yeah, indeed. And that you may have noticed it's that we are we were involved very early on, and that is uh, maybe a little bit uh, atypical uh, for a VC fund to be involved uh, actually pre-establishment. Um, but in this scene of corporate venturing, uh, for us, it's it's not atypical um, uh, that we are involved in the process of shaping the, the actual idea um, and indeed also uh, finding the team and, uh, and setting up the business. Yeah, so you got really involved in the venture building aspect rather than just showing up when one money was needed. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. We, uh, we, we were introduced by the by PwC um, while they were uh, indeed setting up uh, the, at that time it was called Dispatchy um, and we don't do the venture building itself um, but we indeed are happy to be involved as a sounding partner as a likely future uh, financial investor. Okay. Um, is there something like a standard investment opportunity for you guys? I can imagine that 
uh, all uh, cases are different, but is this something that you would say, okay, that's the typical kind of opportunity that we would invest in? What, this this ticked indeed all boxes. Um, so what, what is important for us is that um, the corporate can has identified a certain uh, problem statement, um, helps creating the solution and mm -hmm. subscribe uh, to that uh, solution. And going forward, can also help the venture accelerate. And actually, and that are very important, specific corporate venturing setups. Um, and they were all, and all the boxes uh, were ticked. Next to that, there is the classic uh, investment criteria of any VC of having a great team, having a, uh, a good market potential, and uh, creating your own uh, USPs. Yeah. yeah, and so actually getting Bernard on, on board was part of the process of yeah. uh, spinning out the company. Indeed. Okay, great. When you when you learned about the opportunity and you, and you met with Schmitz Kargobel, did you feel immediately like, okay, this is something we want to invest in, or did you see? Um, some elements where you felt like more attention was needed to, to get it to the right place. What well, to be open, when we were first introduced, it was not yet investable yeah. uh, for us. So hence uh, the trajectory of, um, of shaping it to, towards uh, an investable case. Um, and again, that's uh, some, uh, something that happens often in, in corporate venturing uh, setups, that they have a great idea, but it's not not yet um, set to be uh, to be successful in an external venture. So uh, while a great idea or project within a corporate can uh, can be can be very broad, a external venture should have a very well defined uh, focus area, definitely to start off with. Uh, and that was uh, something that, for, for example, that was uh, lacking uh, yeah. at, at that moment. Yeah, and for you guys, for in, investing in, in, in corporate-backed startups is a is core business. I don't know about you, Bernard. Were you ever involved with a corporate venture before? Are you uh, from an entrepreneurial background? What drew you to, to the project? So I would see it really as a lucky incident that uh, our paths crossed earlier this year. Um, as a matter of fact, about seven years ago, I was working on a very, very, very similar idea, with the exception that the product that we built back then was not specifically tailored for the logistics industry, but a small team and I, we were working on the case of making messaging networks accessible for the customer service and customer support case. And back then, we were really a small company which never really raised lots of money. So we really built this uh, on a tight budget for a couple of years. But it really started for me the journey towards the messaging-based industry. And um, even back then, it was around 2016, 2017. I wanted to build a product specifically for one industry. But at that time, with the trajectory of the company we had, it was hard to figure out what industry this was supposed to be. And now, years later, uh, having again the opportunity to somewhat get started again within the messaging industry with strong partners on the cap table, as well as industry insights, really help us build a company here that fulfills on its promise of efficient and flawless communication with drivers. So my background really is an entrepreneurial for sure. Um, throughout the last many years, I was also working as a freelancer, as an advisor um, for product strategies. I was also part of Meta or respectively Facebook, as it was called back then, 
where I was working on one side very close with startups in the German-speaking region from the Berlin office, but I was also working with the WhatsApp team back then because the experience that I gained through building the company between 2017 Oh, 2015 and 2017 uh, really helped me to get some very deep insights into how WhatsApp works. And this was also some valuable insights the uh, WhatsApp team themselves consider quite useful. And then again, uh, earlier this year, it was the opportunity uh, that crossed somewhat my inbox to um, work on Haylock, or as part highlighted, on this patchy, as it was called earlier. Yeah. Yeah, and I bet that's something that you guys see in a lot of um, yeah investment opportunities or cases that you're working on. It takes more than just a good idea and a corporate that's backing it and, and a good team, a good CEO. Um, were there other parties involved in, 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 in setting up the venture and, and how do you typically approach it? Is it you guys that bring together all the right parties in, in such instances? Um, yeah, so also in this case, there was an external venture builder involved. It was uh, the Austrian venture builder, uh, What a Venture. Um, we have been working with, uh, with before, uh, we introduced them to the Schmitz Cargo Bowl, um, to indeed help in that, uh, in that process. And, um, we do take up a, uh, or in this case, we did take up a coordinating role, uh, depends a bit, um, case by case here, we saw, uh, a lot of potential, a lot of engagement. So we were quite sure we could get to a, uh, to a good case. Uh, and then we're uh, happy to take up that, uh, that role. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's really important that an investor like this exists. We see it often in, in, in mandates that we have to find uh, money, sometimes also for corporate spinouts. Um, that in, in the mind of the corporate, it's often a yes or no de decision tree. Are we going to find money? Yes, then the project continues. If we don't, the project stops. But it's so much more. It's really uh, shaping um, the, the, the venture a bit further into making it an investable case. So uh, um, it's great to see investors out there that think a bit further than does this tick all the boxes? And if it doesn't, we'll just leave it for what it is. So, uh, yeah. And really, like having an investable case from a financial perspective is really one side of the things. Another side of things, and this is something that I can definitely see not only on a strategic, but also on an operational side of things as well, is um, having as, an, as a standalone company really the freedom to work towards the goals that you set up jointly to reach, but also, let's put it this way, to, to not be drawn into, let's say, corporate connections and corporate processes that for you as a standalone young fast moving company is not beneficial and even that i think is something uh, that the setup you chose to work in really does very well so specifically from the side of schmidt's cargo ball we have the benefits of working very closely with the corporate partner here in this case but at the same time our main people to talk and work with are cubic x the innovation subsidiary of Schmidt's Cargo Ball. And in that regard, they have their very own team of about 12 to 14 people, if I'm not mistaken. And they do not necessarily come from a corporate environment. They themselves are really them uh, bringing uh, a, a young and fast paced um, pace of mind as well. So they really see the urgency as a young company to move fast, to build a case, to reach product market fit and eventually build this new idea within a, within this market. Yeah. Yeah, I think what, if there's anything. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, we talked a bit about how, how the investment thesis came to life, how you guys found each other. But then there's, of course, still the company today. 
Um, I understand that Schmitz Cargobil is still involved because that's one of the criteria you guys also have for investing. Yep. Eh? Um, how does it look like on a day-to-day basis? Who, who has what role? Um, who do you soundboard with the most? Um, and who gets involved the most? Yeah, so um, as for us, really, um, specifically in my role as a CEO, I'm heads down not only with operational tasks, but also, of course, work on the strategy and how we can achieve our goals within a month or three or six or 12 and beyond. So really, I try to really fulfill the classical role of a CEO, really doing both sides on a strategic and operational part. Uh, in our day-to-day basis, it's specifically Bart and I who work rather closely together. And this, I think, really coming back to the previous point, uh, I think makes a very strong difference in the traditional VC setup. Um, 9.5 is operationally involved in a way that it is very forward-thinking, and um, but not in a way that... I get asked or I get to ask to do specific specific things that would somehow interfere with my role as a CEO, but it really is as a supporting function uh, on a day-to-day basis. And um, of course, as a CEO, I try to cover a, a broad range of different topics and every help is very much appreciated in this regard. And that I can say really works uh, surprisingly well. Okay. Yeah. Same for you guys. How do you guys... Get involved. I hear you're very hands-on. Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, we, we are indeed uh, quite hands-on. Um, it also goes a bit together uh, with with the face of, of the company, of course. Um, uh, so in, in this early phase, uh, I'm indeed uh, very um, very closely involved and uh, have a have a close connection with uh, with Bernard. Um, also from from Cubic X side, uh, it's it's Karel Heinz, uh, the CEO of the uh, the internal venture builder, who is uh, who is closely involved. Um, we have external uh, external board members uh, with uh, with specific SaaS experience, um, who are also um, so in the board. But next to that, also taking up, uh, for example, now uh, commercial topics with uh, with Bernard. Um, so yeah. It takes a lot of work in the beginning, and yeah. uh, we'll do everything uh, to help Bernard uh, to uh, get get this uh, off the ground. Do you feel like uh, typically when you invest in, in in a company that is backed by corporates, that corporates are open about that, that they appreciate uh, you guys coming in and 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 being hands on? Uh, I can imagine mm-hmm. that sometimes when when a venture is created within a corporate it takes some time to let go um so so do you feel that is something that you guys struggle with or is it the opposite it's well it's more um i more see it as a as a dialogue that we have um as of the first moment with the corporate Mm -hmm. um and that can indeed be a reason uh, for us to walk away if the mindset of of the corporate is not um to create a independent valuable venture if indeed they want something within their control, something that does what they want uh, the venture to do, um, fine. But then it's not our cup of tea. Mm-hmm. I personally think it's not venture capital ready. Um, yeah. But if we sense, uh, like in this case, uh, with, uh, with Schmitz Cargable and Cubic X, um, that they are on the same uh, on, the, on the same mindset and want to create an independent valuable venture, yeah, sure. Then, then they appreciate every help you can bring to the table. So is that something you typically identify quickly, whether the corporate will be open to see it that way, or does it take some going back and forward uh, to make sure that you're yeah, looking at the right case? Usually we can identify it quite quickly. Um, 
when we start dialoguing um, on or with a corporate venture, um, we actually immediately seek to dialogue with uh, the sponsors uh, in the corporate as high up as possible. In this case, uh, that's Andrea Schmitz, uh, who is the owner, uh, co-owner and CEO of uh, Schmitz Cargo Bowl. Um, and in such a conversation, um, you immediately sense uh, what their uh, what their goal is. Um, and if we can't have that conversation, then that signal yeah. is also clear. Yeah, I can imagine it creates quite uh, a lot of um, confidence and trust if it's immediately a CEO conversation that you're yeah. having. Yeah. Um, and for you, Bernard, do you feel like, of course, uh, you have somewhat of an advantage compared to other startups having such a strategic investor on board? can imagine that it's maybe also sometimes challenging. How is that going for you? Um, yes, absolutely. So, I mean, how I see it really is that we have the strong unfair advantage, actually, in the market where we have not only the direct connection to this corporate partner. And as a matter of fact, and as part or, uh, Bart already pointed out, uh, Andrea Schmitz himself is uh, very much supporting um, our venture. So whenever there is something we need, either it be resources or any kind of experiences or insights from within the market, I have his number, I have his WhatsApp, I have his email, and usually there's a response within 30 minutes to an hour um, on how we can get what we need really to move forward. So this really, I think, as specifically as a young company, puts us into a position where we have this and can use this unfair advantage in the market to really be quick and fast in establishing ourselves as a company and bring this product to market. And there is already strong and important connections that um, Schmidt Cargo Bowl built and Cubic X built themselves uh, with um, stakeholders within the industry that we can that we can piggyback on. In fact, so really. To your point, it is about having this unfair advantage and really using it. This is, I think, what it really comes down to for us in this special setup that we're in. Yeah. Do you think it sometimes also creates difficulties or challenges because you're linked to such a strong brand that maybe it could be difficult to see it? That is, in fact, a good point. So um, I think something also that influenced my decision making here is that the partner on board and the brand, how it is perceived in the market, really is of course, good and valuable, but also going forward, if you want to build a product, any kind of product really, you have to understand that with the partners on board, you could potentially also create some kind of competitive situation. For example, if, um, and this, you know, the logistics industry is quite well connected with each other, although it's highly fragmented on one part, people know what's going on left and right. And world, a world travels fast. So, of course, people know what's going on. And if, and we keep hearing stories such as if company A is doing this and they're involved with company B, then we as company C don't want to get involved because we don't get along with company A. And um, as a matter of fact, Schmidt Cargo Bowl is uh, in our regards, so specifically talking to our target audience, a very neutral position. And it's actually the opposite. So it goes even to, a, it's neutral for the, the target audience that we talk to, but it is a brand perceived of high value as a market leader they built in fact really good products and even you know when we mentioned their name here and there it's a door opener for sure that we can use okay um yeah i think for you guys you're you're a vc fund a vc mm -hmm. fund a closed end vc fund so at yep. one point uh, there comes an end to every story i think i can imagine it's it's less clear cut for the corporates you work with um 
how do you typically manage that? I, I think that the, the corporates I work with, it's always great to see them being open-minded of, of minority stakes without having the pot to control. But in reality, most corporates still um, invest or, or, or create companies to eventually have the plan to acquire them back. And that's always mm. a bit of a pity because there's so many opportunities that get lost that way. Is that something you, you also see a lot with the corporates you work with, that they have different plans than you guys? Well, it, it's very different case by case in yeah. our portfolio. Um, in our uh, portfolio, it's, it's a minority of, of cases in which the corporate actually intends uh, to buy, okay. uh, to buy yeah. back uh, the venture. Um, it's no problem that they have that uh, intention. Uh, on the contrary, it's one possible exit route for us. Um, and we always safeguard the fact that it's all, only one possible mm -hmm. exit route. Um, we must have multiple exit routes like any VC uh, yeah. uh, must have it. Um, if we sell it back to the corporate, it will be at fair market value. It's another good reason to have other, uh, other possibilities uh, for exit. Um, and we uh, again we, we we discuss that uh, as of day one uh, before uh, we start uh, before we do the investment even before we start crafting are we aligned on that um, that sure the corporate it can buy uh, back the venture uh, but it's only one exit route and of course in advance we know what is a likely exit route yeah. uh, but uh, I'm, I'm not going to comment on uh, case by case <laughs> no, what, uh, what are the uh, perceived exits yeah, yeah. okay um, yeah, we have a, an audience of both entrepreneurs and uh, corporates. I think it would be great uh, just in general to hear from both of you, maybe Bernard uh, towards entrepreneurs and, and from you, Bart, towards corporates, um, some tips on venture spin out and, and, and collaborating uh, with startups. And, and for you, Bernard, some, some tips for uh, corporate-backed uh, founders. Let's maybe start with the founding part. So. Any tips you can share with uh, startups looking to have corporates involved or that were created from within a corporate um, mm -hmm. that you can share? So absolutely. So I think specifically as a startup and um, I mean, I now know both sides more or less. So a couple of years ago, again, having a company started myself with, with a friend of mine as a dual, dual co-founder setup where we then owned the majority of the company and then later on got investors on board, as opposed to now where we have from the very beginning on a strong setup that would allow us to, to, to get started right away. So I think if you are already an existing startup and want or have interest of a corporate partner to come on board, I think expectation management is just a really important task to be done. Um, specifically in our setup, I think that um, Schmidt's Cargo Ball, or by extension, the uh, their daughter, their innovation subsidiary, Cubic X, they do have the processes and structures established to work with startups and establish startups. For corporate partners who do not yet have that, that experience, it's just very important to, to be aligned on what it means to have a corporate partner taking a stake in a startup um, and what that actually entails, whether this is a purely financial um, investment or if this is a strategic investment involved, how many influence the corporate partner wants to have in a company. Uh, I think these are the major um, potential problems that could arise um, down the road. Um, 
specifically in the setup that we set up to to choose um I think it was clear from the very beginning on what it entails and how much freedom the company needs to operate. And um, I can really say everyone is holding up to their own promise. So this works. Uh, we can get the resources we need in case we need them, but we also have the freedom really to operate. So I think this is something really to keep in mind that expectation management is a core thing to be done. On the other side, specifically getting started with the setup that we're in, um, just, you know, stakeholder management, it really is. It is the role and task of a CEO anyway, but we were um, from day one on uh, in this structure where we had different parties to work with and to have them aligned continuously really is stakeholder management that needs to be done. This is probably the biggest difference as compared to a startup where you just get started by yourself as either on your own or in a co-founder setup and then gradually grow and expand and have more people on your cap table, more people on your team and so on. This is definitely something here, uh, something different here. So we had to really take care that everyone is aligned from day one on and then go forward for steam head. Great. Thanks a lot. Yeah, Bart, uh, for the corporates listening, we see a lot of corporate venturing going right, going wrong. Um, any tips you can share to make sure that corporates end up on the, the good side? <laughs> well, um, I, I think, uh, yeah, there, there are some. Um, I think one of them is define and know what you want to achieve by, by this, uh, this, this corporate venturing. Um, do you indeed, in the end, want to achieve a new business line for your own corporate? Do you want to learn? Do you want to experiment? Uh, do you want to perceive it as a more innovative uh, corporate in the market? What, what, make it clear and, and be transparent about it. Um, and forget all corporate procedures, even in set, not only for, obviously for the venture itself, but also in the process of getting there. If, uh, I mean, the, 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 for, for example, Schmitz-Kargobel did, did this uh, well by uh, indeed establishing Cubic X. Uh, it's a 100% owned subsidiary of schmitz Garbel, but they're not in the same offices. They don't have to follow the same procedures and everything. I mean, it's a fully independent mm -hmm. team and they uh, they set up those uh, those corporate ventures. Uh, and that's one way to do it. There are, there are other ways as well. But if you follow all, all standard corporate procedures, uh, you probably don't get uh, to that point. Um, and lastly, yeah, let loose. I mean, the, the, the corporate venture, uh, sure, you, you, you can have a stake. Uh, we prefer the corporate having a stake, uh, definitely having a role, um, but you have to let it loose. You, you have to, it's like, yeah, <laughs> like raising kids <laughs> and uh, let them go. Yeah. Also let them do mistakes. It just so happens. And that's the very nature of, of startups, right? You operate in a field where you have lots of unknowns, need to make a lot of assumptions. And by the very definition, you need to iterate towards a goal and making mistakes is part of that as well. And being transparent about it, learning from it, and maybe then again, getting support and help from one of the partners involved really makes, uh, makes a lot of sense in order to then learn of it, go forward and uh, be quick about it, really. Great. I think... That's a, a great last statement to, to wrap up. Thanks a lot for joining. Um, and I, I'll speak to you guys soon. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you.